Grace, mercy, and peace be yours, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That Trinitarian name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, comes up often in our rites and services. We began the service in the triune name. We made confession that we are each sinners, in need of God's forgiveness, and his forgiveness was announced to you in the triune name. We often sing hymns that name the three persons of the Trinity. We baptize in the triune name. We even dedicate one Sunday of the year, this Sunday, as Trinity Sunday. That's how important the triune name is to us as Christians. If I asked you what the Trinity is, you'd probably be able to describe it using phrases like three in one and one in three, or three persons but one God. And, and of course you'd be right. These are the ways that we have found to describe what is indescribable, to try to understand what is beyond the possibility of our knowing, to speak in a natural way about something that is supernatural. The word Trinity never shows up in the New Testament. We don't find it in the Old Testament either. Our word that we use, trinity, comes from the combination of two words, tri and unity. Three, yet one. Three persons, yet one God. Sometimes we might try to illustrate the concept, especially when we're teaching children about the trinity. We might say something like, the trinity is like an apple. You have the skin, the meat, and the core, but it's still one apple. Or we might say the Trinity is like an egg. You have the shell, the white, and the yolk, but it's still one egg. Of course, the problem with examples like these is that they fall far short. For example, we know that the Father is fully God, the Son is fully God, and the Holy Spirit is fully God. But we can't say that the skin is fully an apple, or the yolk is fully an egg. Examples like this fall short because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one essence. We confess, for example, that Jesus is God of God, light of light, very God of very God being of one substance with the Father. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. And Paul writes in his letter to the saints in Colossae that the fullness of God dwells bodily in Jesus. We have no words that can fully describe the Trinity. Our language is completely inadequate. Our ability to comprehend it fails miserably. And yet, we continue to confess that God is three in one, because that's what Scripture bears witness about him. So where do we get this doctrine of the Holy Trinity? One place in Scripture where the Trinity is clearly evident is at Jesus' baptism. Here we have the voice of the Father from heaven proclaiming, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We have Jesus coming up out of the water, 
and the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove to rest on Jesus. And here we see all that all three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are involved and working for the salvation of man. Another clear example of the Trinity in Scripture is from our Gospel reading today, from Matthew 28. Jesus is speaking to his disciples just before he is taken up to heaven, and he gives them what we refer to as the Great Commission, to go and make disciples of all nations, and to baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus doesn't say, baptize in the names of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The disciples, and we, are to baptize into one name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. So what about the Old Testament? Any references there to the Trinity? In Genesis, we read, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Here in our reading, in the very first verse in the Bible, we begin the account of God creating the heavens and the earth. And we also have, though you might understandably have missed it, the very first reference to the Trinitarian nature of our God. In the beginning, God... Did you catch it that time? Of course not because there's something lost in the translation into English. In Hebrew, the word for God is Elohim, and the im ending in Hebrew makes the word plural. So when Moses, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes, in the beginning Elohim, in the beginning God, he's describing the Creator as a plurality. And the New Testament really fleshes out just what that plurality is. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons, but one God. The Jews, even today, will recite what they call the Great Shema. This comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, where Moses is recapping for Israel what God has commanded the people in the law. He begins by saying, Shema Yisrael, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Echad. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our God, Yahweh is one. And again, that word Eloheinu comes from Elohim. It's a plural word. The plural God is one. But let's read on in Genesis 1. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And I'm going to read portions of the following scriptures here. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And it was so. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, 
and it was so. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And it was so. And God said, Let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. God certainly could have simply thought everything into existence, but repeatedly we hear God said. God speaks. God sends out his word, and everything is created. Things seen and things unseen. John 1, 3, speaking about Jesus, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the Word of God. All of creation was made through him. So going back to the very first verses of the Bible, we see there the Trinity at work to create all that is. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. So we have the Holy Spirit hovering, and God the Father speaking words and the Word, Jesus, creating all things. And then, too, in verse 26, we read this, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. There again, God speaks to himself in the plural. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. God doesn't create man because he's lonely, because he needs someone to talk to. God creates man because God is love. He creates creatures that can receive his love and even love him in return. And when mankind falls there in the garden, after the temptation of Satan, God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, act together in concert to bring about man's redemption. In love for fallen man, the Father sends the angels to Mary and Joseph. The Holy Spirit comes upon the Virgin Mary, and the second person of the Godhead, the eternal Son of God, is incarnate as a baby. The Father anoints him at his baptism in the Jordan River with the Holy Spirit, anoints him to be the new Adam, the new Israel, the one who would bear the sins of Adam and Israel and our sins to the cross. As Jesus lays aside his glory, and as he suffers and dies, as God takes the wages of our sin on himself, God reveals his great love for his creatures. Romans 5.8 says, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
Rather than destroy us, he offers himself as the lamb of sacrifice to restore us to a right relationship with himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A relationship now that is different than it was in the garden. It's true Adam and Eve walked with God. You might wonder how the relationship could be any closer. But this being, this infinite, eternal God, the Trinity, has joined us to himself, brought humanity into the Godhead in the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And Christ and the Spirit of God dwell within us. He unites us to himself in the Holy Supper when we take into ourselves the body and blood of Jesus. And Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Romans 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The Holy Trinity created all things, and then when he bought us back with the precious blood of the Son, when he redeemed us from death and hell, when he, in our baptism, gave us new birth of water and the Spirit, then the Trinity was acting as creator once again, making in each one of us who have been given faith a new creation. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You, my dear Christian friend, are a beautiful creation of the Trinity. This is what Trinity Sunday is all about. Not just an exercise in trying to understand how three can be one or one can be three but we first hear the prophecies of Christ's coming, then we celebrate his birth, his baptism, his teachings and life, his sacrificial death and burial, the brilliancy of his resurrection, his triumphant ascension into heaven, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church. Trinity Sunday caps it all off, because this is the story of you, and how much the Trinity this incomprehensible being, how much the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit loves you, that he created you, redeemed you, saved you, to give you an eternal life of joy and love and fellowship with himself. Glory then to Jesus, who, the Prince of Light, 
to a world in darkness brought the gift of sight. Praise to God the Father in the Spirit's love. Praise we all together, Him who reigns above. <laughs> 